did read Heinlein, Tolkien, and Lovecraft. It was inevitable that one day I would set out to make some monsters of my own. As for those hybrids, long before H.P. Lovecraft came into my life, I once found a chemistry set waiting underneath the Christmas tree. Chemistry sets were all the rage in the 50s and were found beneath as many trees as Lionel Trains or Roy Rogers' gun belts with the matching six-shooters. If you were a boy, girls got the Dale Evans set and Betty Crocker baking sets instead of chemistry sets. It was the age of Sputnik, the age of Charles Van Doren, the age of the atom. America wanted all us boys to grow up to be rocket scientists so we could beat the damn Ruskies to the moon. The chemistry sets they sold then, and may still be selling for all I know, consisted of a big hinged metal box with racks of little glass jars of chemicals inside, along with a few test tubes and beakers and an instructional booklet describing the various educational experiments you could perform. On the front of the box there was usually a picture of a clean-cut boy, never a girl, in a white lab coat holding up a test tube as he performed one of the many educational experiments. White lab coats were not included. Somewhere, I do not doubt, there must have been some kids like him, kids who dutifully followed the instructions, performed the educational experiments, learned many valuable scientific things, and grew up to be chemists. I never knew any, though. All the kids I knew who got chemistry sets for Christmas were more interested in trying to make stuff explode, or turn weird colors, or bubble and smoke. Let's see what will happen if we mix this with that, we would say, as we dreamed of finding the secret formula that would turn us into a superhero, or at least Mr. Hyde. Maybe our parents thought the chemistry sets would set us on the path to becoming Jonas Salk or Werner von Braun, but we were more interested in becoming one of the great victors, von Frankenstein or von Doom. Most of the time when we mixed this with that, all we made was a mess. That was probably a good thing. If we had ever actually found a formula that turned weird colors and bubbled and smoked, we might have tried to drink it, or at the very least, see if our little sister could be convinced to drink it. My chemistry set soon ended up at the back of my closet, gathering dust behind my collection of TV guides. But my passion for mixing this with that remained as I grew older and found expression in my fiction. Modern publishing loves to sort the tales we tell into categories, producing racks of books that resemble the racks of little bottles in the chemistry set, with neat little labels that read mystery, romance, western, historical, SF, juvenile. Fooey, I say. Let's mix this with that and see what happens. Let's cross some genre lines and blur some boundaries, make some stories that are both and neither. Some of the time we'll make a mess, sure, but once in a while, if we do it right, we may stumble on a combination that explodes. With that as my philosophy, it's no wonder that I've produced a number of odd hybrids over the years. Fever Dream is one such. Although most often categorized as horror, it is as much a steamboat novel as it is a vampire novel. The Armageddon Rag is even more difficult to classify. Fantasy, horror, murder mystery... Rock and roll novel, political novel, 60s novel. It's got Froggy the Gremlin, too. Even my fantasy series, A Song of Ice and Fire, is a hybrid of sorts, inspired as much by the historical fiction of Thomas B. Costain and Nigel Tranter as the fantasy of Tolkien, Howard, and Fritz Leiber.
The two genres that I've mixed most often, though, are horror and science fiction. I was doing it as early as my second sale. Despite its SF setting, the exit to San Breda is a ghost story at heart, though admittedly not a very frightening one. My first two corpse handler tales, Nobody Leaves New Pittsburgh and Override, were further fumbling attempts at the same sort of cross-pollination, offering as they did a science-fictional take on an old friend from the world of horror, the zombie. I was going for a horrific feel in Dark Dark Were the Tunnels as well, and, much more successfully, in the later, stronger work, my novella, In the House of the Worm. Some critics have argued that horror and science fiction are actually antithetical to one another. They can make a plausible case, certainly, especially in the case of Lovecraftian horror. SF assumes that the universe, however mysterious or frightening it may seem to us, is ultimately knowable, while Lovecraft suggests that even a glimpse of...